Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are two wild and crazy guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. April 6, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday. Hope you're having a great start. Beautiful weather yesterday. Going to be more of the same today. And hopefully you're not too tired. If you stayed up and watched last night's championship game, if you didn't stay up all the way, you didn't really have to. We had a... Bit of a blowout on our hands, Nick Roush, and I ain't talking about Duke Stinky Diaper. Oh, man, and I am – I stayed up not only through the championship. I I watched it all. I drank it all in, enjoyed every second of it, poured me another drink once the confetti started falling. Gonzaga, suck it, you losers. Losers! You're really passionate about Gonzaga. I, I hate them so much. Like the West Coast, like it just, it's like when Louisville fans used to brag about their football team when they played in Conference USA. You can't do this. You play a bunch of losers all year. Take it away from them. Stop. stop. You can't buy this hype when you play in a fraud league. God, it drives me insane. This seems like fabricated emotion this early in the morning. Justin, how, how can some – I mean, it's 7 a.m. It's 7 a.m. It is early. I mean, I'm passionate about it too, but not to the level of Mr. Roush there. I mean, Indiana's perfect season, still good. Life's good, y'all. Life's good. <laughs> no, you're still an IU fan, so let's let's calm down That's ever true, so slightly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe have- life's okay. We do have a lot to talk about without you, and plenty for you to be excited about in all seriousness. But, uh, Roush, I mean, Gonzaga's still an awesome team. I was talking last night, if I'm Gonzaga and everybody, because, you know, you had the tweets about them joining a real conference and all that stuff going on last night. Mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself, I ain't changing a damn thing if I'm Gonzaga. You literally just, like, get to rack in 30-plus wins every single year, and then you're going to be a one or two seed every single year. And, yeah, can you get exposed for the lack of teams you played in conference play like we saw what Baylor did last night? Yeah, that can happen. But that was in the national freaking championship game. Gonzaga would take that each and every time. They were a game away from going down historically as one of the best teams of all time. Uh, They had a good season. They just ran into a team that seemed a little bit hungrier, but more importantly, just freakishly athletic compared to Gonzaga. And Roush, the people that are like, You've got to look at Gonzaga. They're the recipe for winning a national championship. You got to have shooters. Well, shooters are great, but you need just good basketball players. Baylor had more of them. Yeah, uh, not only does Baylor have shooters too, they also had better athletes. Uh, some physical post play. They played really dumb. Like that was the one thing that almost like that that gave Gonzaga a chance to even be in the game. And I don't, I, I was shocked by the amount of people who were like. Dude, what a st- dumb take. What what is your deal? It's like you had just had their starting center get his fourth foul with eight minutes to go in the game just by running into somebody while running down court. The the Baylor Bigs basketball IQ very low, just no sense of awareness, time and space. A lot of dumb fouls, but they got a ton of offensive rebounds. I think it really frustrated Gonzaga early, and 
Uh, even though the Zags were able to make a run and get it down to 10 um, by half, I, I was fully expecting Terry them to, to come out in the second half and it was make it a five-point game and boom, a ball game till the end. But Baylor, credit to them. I mean, they, they countered with a run of their own. And when they hit that three, uh, I think there was like a block shot, and then they went down and hit a three with about eight minutes to go. That was that was the dagger. You knew Gonzaga was done then. Uh, and I think the dagger was probably at halftime, Nick, to be honest with you. I mean, what was it, 18 at half? That no, was like, awesome. They we were able to go 10. to bed early. I, I stayed up. I watched the first shot, or I watched Baylor make that first three of the second half, and I was like, yeah. Gonzaga's not coming back. I get to go to bed early. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, glad you're well rested, Justin. I, I thought I, I thought the game was over after the first TV timeout. To be like once <laughs> that's true. One, yeah. Once Baylor ran ahead, it was like, oh, okay. Baylor's athleticism mixed with them being great at basketball. This is too much for Gonzaga, who is great at basketball, but not nearly athletic enough. And you saw it really at every – like Suggs was bothered. Uh, Gonzaga's bigs were bothered. The wing – it was just every part of the game. The length and athleticism and the speed of Baylor was a little too much. And then, gosh, I tell you, like that Baylor team, they won't go down in the history books. Only two losses, which is really, really impressive. They had a long COVID break. That was a really good team, and I'm sure Baylor homers are saying everybody was talking about the wrong, like, historically great team. It's us, not them. I, I think they really should be considered one of the better teams. They won't be, and I don't think they're one of the best, but, uh, like, they were up, what, 17, and they still had Davion Mitchell diving on the floor, going after loose uh -huh, balls with three yeah. minutes left in the game. Like, that's just stuff you don't teach. That's just a, a basketball attitude of, like, I'm I'm just going to want to kill you every possession. I don't care what uh, the score is. I don't care it. what like that's a, that's such a cool mindset to find in a basketball player. Baylor had about like three or four of those dudes. You're lucky if you get one on your team. Kentucky had zero. The the opposite of four. Um, they they did not have a like they Mintz was probably the only one that was there. Isaiah Jackson always played hard, but he was still kind of putting things together. Um, I'd love to see another year of him in college, but again, we're not going to do that to ourselves. I'd love to see another year of men's play for Kentucky, but you got to have some of those guys, Roush, and Baylor had more than anybody else this year in college basketball, and it's not a coincidence that they win the championship. But just if you're teaching young kids how to play basketball, watch the final five minutes of that game because the game was over. Baylor was winning the national championship. Uh, there was not really much drama left, but you you would have thought that they were the team needing a comeback with the way with how hard they were playing. So impressive for Baylor. Congrats to them, and then congrats to the, you know they're 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 the punching bag that we all love to throw our jabs at. But congrats yeah. to the NCAA for a successful basketball season. It was not without headaches. It was not without issues. Uh, it was not without having to kind of make things up as you went along. You put a whole NCAA tournament together in the state of Indiana, and it certainly is going to be one that we will remember for the rest of our lives. Thought it went pretty well, all things considered. Uh, you know, I, I could more fans been there. You can argue about all these little things here and there all you want. But at the end of the day, Roush, they, they got, got the it college, done. They got the they got the college basketball season completed. They got it finished on the date they said they were going to finish it. So hats off to the NCAA. And we'll maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't know. But it really, I've mentioned it a few times. 
I can't stress it enough how miserable this season was for student athletes and really probably coaches alike. And really, you could even go on sports staffs and whatnot. Uh, the teams that were super serious about the COVID stuff, it was not a fun year for those kids. Like getting tested every single day, having stuff stuck into your nose and whatnot. And then literally just having being like babysat 24 7 on where you can go, what you can do. Did you do this? Okay, well, you're in trouble then. But they all did it. it well, they, I shouldn't say they all did it, but the vast majority did it enough to get this college basketball season done. So, again, credit to credit to everybody there. This was not easy, but they were able to do it. And uh, good riddance. I think Kentucky fans, I think we're a little lucky that in UK's one of their worst years in program history, Nick Roush, the pandemic season, you just hand the trophy off to Baylor? Okay, fine by me. Yep, that's, just, yep. that's, a, that's a free year, and- buddy. And we can keep the, the the take alive that Gonzaga will always find a way to choke in the tournament. Like, very happy that's still around, that whenever Selection Sunday happens next year, when Gonzaga gets a one seed for getting a 30-win regular season by playing a bunch of terrible basketball teams once again, uh, I'm going to have them losing in the Sweet 16 to somebody. And I'm just, I'm just very happy. Like, Justin, why don't you go ahead and put that in the calendar for next year, buddy? Yeah, I got you. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, Nick. I mean, it happens every year. Now, this year's Gonzaga team, I thought really had a good shot. I mean, if we're being honest, I thought I thought they were going to compete in that game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not an idiot for saying that. I mean, they they had a good shot, but you know, just can't get it done. And it, it does. I think it does go back to that playing in the weaker conference. You just watched the beginning of that game last night. Baylor looked like they came from a Power Five conference. They were playing tough physical <laughs> basketball. Did. I mean, it, it was crazy how much better they looked than Gonzaga last night. It really was crazy because I, I'm I was a, you know Roush is being a big hater. I was a big Gonzaga believer. They were awesome. Like they they really had all the pieces, but the thing they were missing was just that little extra athleticism and Fuse recruiting a little bit better. He did a great job just kind of getting you know the shooters the the. You, People wanted them, obviously. People wanted all these players. But it, you weren't getting kind of your freak athlete one-and-dones. Uh, I think Suggs is going to help with that. They're already getting some uh, – Hunter Salas, obviously, is going to be going in there. So, Gonzaga won't be going anywhere. They'll consistently be your one-and-two seed. But, Roush, you may be right. When you go two months without really playing any good teams, uh, there's going to be a game when you got to win six straight. That's going to be hard to not – kind of slip up when you're going against the best competition you've seen well, since December in every single game. Yeah, and I, I know people, you know, wanted to say that, oh, their road was so easy too, even getting to the Final Four. But then you saw what happens once you play such an emotionally taxing game like they did in the Final Four. It's really tough to come back from that two days later. Uh, I know Cal had some comment about, you know, whenever they had him on game day about, hey, when the game gets tight, things could get tough. But I also think there's a lot to just finding a way to get over such a crazy Final Four game in such a short amount of time. Uh, I I know that's you probably can't even replicate that in the regular season, but I I do think that that goes back to Cal and the Maui thing. Like, uh, you know, he hates it for his reasons, but I think they're dumb reasons because there's going to be times when you need to have quick recovery from back-to-back big games. And Gonzaga, they just didn't do it enough. You have to – that grind, like I alluded to with Louisville football, whenever they went from playing Conference USA, when you go to play Power 5 football, 
or Power 5 basketball, and it's day after day, game after game, week after week, I think that the way it taxes you does better prepare you for situations like this. Of course, you're not going to get the same thing with that Final Four game. That was just an all-timer. But I I still think you'd be better prepared if you didn't spend two and a half months sitting on your butt beating teams by 25. Sure, yeah. Um, I I just think after everything we've talked about with Louisville and switching conferences and how they were dominant, if I'm Baylor, I'm just not messing up a good thing. Like, you just – I don't think I would either. I think the the closest thing you could even think about doing is going to the Mountain West, but like how much better is that conference? I mean, people will say the Pac-12, but you'd have to have football to do that. I don't think they're going to I mean, they would probably make an exception just for basketball, but most of the the reason why they are where they are is because they're basketball league and or they're that's why if they were on the other side of the country, they'd play in the Big East and it wouldn't be a problem. But instead, they end up playing the Dons from Frisco every year. Well, first off, if I'm the Big East, if I'm the Big East and I'm the Pac-12, I'm trying to get Gonzaga in. Just if you can't, I mean, they're just they're they're a moneymaker right now. You'd, you'd love to have them. But if I'm Gonzaga, I'm saying uh, thanks, but no thanks. We enjoy just feasting on brats until we get to the NCAA tournament and we'll go from there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see that we have this conversation almost every time we talk about Gonzaga in the tournament. And so far they haven't done anything and uh, I wouldn't necessarily expect that to change. All right. Which, we'll- uh, wait, quick question though uh, for, for the panel this year, it felt like it had to be the year that Gonzaga was going to win it all. Will they ever win it all with Mark Few as the coach? Probably. Yes, I would say yes. Ever is a long time. Yeah, ever is a long what, time. What do you think? You, you thinking no? I just i I worry. Pain like this was the time to do it. You know, I mean, maybe oh, I if they get yeah. like even if they get Chet next year, like Chet can suck it. I'm like who that guy scares me. No, not at all. So I, I really do worry that it, if you didn't get it done this year then you're not going to be able to get it done in the next five, 10 years with Mark Few before he's you know ready to, to sign off for good. Yeah, it's, I think that's all dependent on how long he's got left. I think he's got plenty of time, and they've been to two national championship games in the last four NCAA tournaments that have been there. They'll be, they'll be back. He'll get one at some point. Um, again, zero always, in the 20 years before that. That's a good point. They, uh, they're always going to be in that one or two spots. So that's going to make the road a little bit easier. And, uh, but, but they very well, maybe he never does. Maybe he ends up going down as the best coach never to win a national championship of all time, because we say it every freaking March, it is really hard to win six straight games going against teams that are also looking to win six straight games. It's really difficult. Baylor was a, or Gonzaga was able to win five. It was fun. It took a half court shot to get the fifth one, and then you just run out of gas. Uh, Baylor was more dominant throughout the NCAA tournament, but I think he probably will. It's it's tough to say. Um, it's it's really NCAA tournament super random. But last night we had the two best teams playing each other. That's always cool when that happens, and we clearly one was better than the other. Baylor, the most dominant team in college basketball. Congrats to the Bears. We'll talk more about it because the text line, 502-414-1450, has a lot to say about it as well. So text on in, 502-414-1450. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. The big news of yesterday, Roush, Devin Askew is transferring, as a matter of fact. Man. 
Wow. I uh, I was surprised. I was shocked. I mean, it took him two days for his dad to say, after the season ended, for his dad to, to tell Jack Pilgrim, hey, we're ready to roll next year. We ain't going anywhere. And it, it really did feel like it was out of the blue, Terry. I was I was sh- shocked is the the word. I think wow is actually like an audible wow. Not quite Luke Wilson, but very close whenever I saw the news pop up on my phone. So the timeline of all this is, is pretty interesting. It started with him basically, well, I guess the end of the season, and then people were like, what's he going to do? I doubt he comes back. That was pretty miserable. But then people were like, why wouldn't he come back? He played 30 minutes a game. Things went well, and uh, I think he may. Then you got the U of L rumors. That happened, which was a, uh, a, a hoot. We'll talk about that as time goes on. And then – well, I guess that he said he was coming back before the U of L rumors. So I got my timeline a little mess, messed up there. Said he was coming back. Then you get the U of L rumors, but nobody really thinks too much of it because he already said he's coming back. So even in this wild fantasy of it being true, then he's already said he's coming back. It doesn't really matter. But Roush, there were whispers even after he had announced he was coming back. I think Travis Branham had said it. Uh, maybe Kyle Tucker had mentioned it. There, and certainly there was message board rumors going on out there. I know Big Blue Express. He was the. I think he was the first I saw around UK that was like maybe this Askew stuff isn't. Yeah, yeah. Isn't I gotta a give deal. I gotta give credit to him as well. You're right about that. He he also just said like people weren't saying hey he's definitely transferring, but people were saying I wouldn't just because you had heard that he may be coming back or that he said he was coming back. I wouldn't set it in stone just yet, which was super interesting. When you get little like rumblings like that, it's always something that you can't really dive head first into, but you want to kind of stick your toe in the water and just get a feel for it. Turns out those people were connected and tuned in. And then Travis Branham with 24-7 Sports, he breaks it yesterday that Devin Askew will, in fact, transfer from Kentucky. Whoa. You know, like it's (laughs) – I've I've got a lot of takes on it, Roush, a lot to say. Um, Connecting dots, there's fun stuff. We got to talk about the U of L angle from yesterday as well. I think it'd be maybe a good idea now to go to a break, and then we'll have a nice long segment being able to get in to to some of that jazz. That sounds that sounds good to me. Um, I'm I'm yeah. Let's do it. All right, we'll head to a break. We'll come back. We'll get some Devin ask you talk. 502-414-1450. we got a lot of text into the show, so we'll have to get through those as well. We'll have to start them early if we want to give them enough time that they deserve, so we'll do that. You're listening to KRC here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. You have to park so close? Yeah, what's wrong? You shouldn't be here. Why is that, Alan? I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a school. What? Or Chuck E. Cheese. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. Text on into the show, 502-414-1450. I'm sure you already know this already, but 
We're getting even closer to Genesis Diamond Spring Extravaganza. That's right, folks. It's this weekend, and they have been waiting two years to do this because it got canceled last year because of the pandemic. April 9th, 10th, and 11th, three days, mind-blowing savings from Louisville's favorite jeweler. That's Genesis Diamonds. They're on Shelbyville Road one time. This is the one time all year that everything's for sale, Thirty up to 35% off. That's bracelets, earrings, pendants, watches, necklaces. You name it, if they have it, it's going to be discounted. That's at Genesis Diamonds on Shelbyville Road Plaza. And uh, it's right off the Waterson. I was driving past it yesterday. Real easy on and off to get in there to the Waterson. Rush hour gets a little trafficy, but it moves quickly. That is our friends at Genesis Diamonds. Huge weekend sale. All right, we were talking Devin Askew. Roush, at the beginning of commercial breaks, always a good time. If you want to throw in just any other little topics here or there, you can do that as well. Anything else you want to get to, or are we just going straight into Devin Askew? Let's just get into straight into Devin Askew. We can get like to the it. rest later. I, yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Because, like we said, it was shocking news to find out he was entering the transfer portal. I, I don't think we would have been shocked had it had we not heard things previously. Because, let's be frank, uh, he played poorly this year. And it what? wasn't... It, it wasn't for lack of opportunity either. You know, he played about 30 minutes a game and it just, it never seemed to, it never seemed to turn the corner, Terry. Well, the thing is, it's like not, that, that's what I was trying to say before the break. It's not necessarily shocking because there was still these weird rumblings even after he had said that he was coming back. So it was kind of like, all right, what, what do we, what do we, what do, we'll keep an eye on this, but what to make of it? Cause you know, they, the family already said he was coming back, which kind of goes to show again, what people say. Here's my take on this, by the way. Uh, I, I'm not using this as inside information, but it's just kind of trying to connect the dots. I think the kid was all right staying. I do. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know. I don't know if he wanted to. Like I don't know if that was you know his dream or not. But I think if if it were up to him, his initial reaction was, "Hey, I'm staying. Yeah, of course I'm staying. Like I'm not. You know, I'll I'll figure this out." And then you go home, you talk with family, you're back. You know, thousand miles away from from college and. It, you hear more people telling you this. They're telling you that. You start to hear about some other teams may be interested in you playing this or you doing that, and then you start thinking about who else they're bringing in and the grad transfers they're looking at and whatnot. And he ultimately, he ultimately decided it, it wasn't for him. I think it was probably more family influence, but again, that's not inside information. That's just kind of connecting the dots with this situation. Roush, I, I, you know, the people with Johnny Jazang was over, over the top. Jamal Baker was over the top. In terms of blaming Cal or UK for this stuff, I get there's still a sense of people that are like, yeah, but you got to blame somebody. And it ultimately is the coach's responsibility to make people feel like they can come back, not come back, and, and whatnot. I'm not blaming UK. I'm not blaming Cal. I'm not blaming anybody here. Uh, but Devin Askew and people close to him. Because Kentucky gave you a hell of a lot more opportunities than you deserved last year. That, that's just factual. They didn't have really any other options. They could have played more mints at the at the point guard position, not having Terrence Clark really kind of force Cal's hand out to play ask you a lot. But this here, yesterday, Roush, is what annoys me and I think is a fair complaint for some of the UK fans that are just in, like, UK program fatigue. Now, what I will say is, like, we need to get used to this because there's going to be more transfers instead of less. The idea of, like, Kentucky having three- and four-year players. My buddy yesterday, he was like, when was the last 
four-year scholarship player that Kentucky had. And I think it's Derek Willis and Dominique Hawkins. I think you have to go back to 17 to have players that finished their scholarships at Kentucky, started their scholarships, finished their scholarships at Kentucky. That's a long time. I get why that frustrates some folks. Uh, I, I, I've got nothing for you besides the fact just get used to it because it's only going to get worse. Again, it's not going to get better. But the frustrating part about this, Roush, is Kentucky put a lot of stonks into Devin Askew taking his lumps. Same with B.J. Boston, mind you. Neither will ever play another game in a Kentucky jersey ever again. So it almost makes you feel like, all right, this year stunk. We knew it stunk. It should never happen again. There's really no positives to take away. But if there were one, it's that somewhere down the road, Devin Askew is going to be a better player because of the crap he went through this his freshman season. Now that won't be at Kentucky. That's a bummer. Like, that stinks. He wasn't going to do squat, in my opinion, next year. And I have... I, I, I had nicer ways of saying that until he decided to transfer. But he's going to take a nice step back next year. I, that was obvious. No, That wouldn't have surprised anybody. He wasn't even going to be playing over Nolan Hickman because um, Nolan Hickman's a better player than he is. But, Roush, I did get excited about, like, a junior Devin Askew or a potential senior Devin Askew. Not as the star point guard that's tearing through the SEC, but somebody that could average, you know, 10 points – five assists a game, just kind of be your steady point guard that isn't necessarily your star, but if he's in the game, you can trust him. You know things are going to be okay. He has the second most assists of anybody per game of anybody in the transfer portal. Now, those other people in the transfer portal weren't necessarily playing 30 minutes a game, mind you, but this feels like a waste. Uh, it's a little di- – if I'm Kentucky, I'm a little disappointed. Ooh, now, but ooh, I'll, Or, I'll, or – I think uh, you're, you're going where I was going to go, so take it away. Yeah. Which is that I think Kentucky opened the door and said, "Oh, you see, Devin, you know it was it was fun while it lasted. We tried this thing out. It's just not working, man. It's not working out. Um, you know, best of luck. We'll support you wherever you go. We'll put on a nice face for you, but uh, you know, maybe it's best if you explore some other options. Uh, and I think Kentucky did that because they feel good about what they've got coming in." And they don't want to have a body crunch in that backcourt. That's the thing, though, is that like unless Kentucky gets close to filling up its scholarships, which Calipari generally almost never does, which, again, I think that's a fair criticism for some of the Calipari haters, he should be filling out the roster. If that means you have some guys that probably won't play at all, but maybe they'll play somewhere down the road. Fine by that. Do, you know, do you, you should use your scholarships if you have them. And if nothing else, Cal always talks about how he loves giving back. Well, give just another schmuck a, a free four years of college like that. You know, that is so beneficial to so many people. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. I don't doubt that that played a role in it at all because, I, as I say, that Kentucky should be disappointed or upset or you know, they should be bothered by this, and I think that they should. They're not. They're not. And they're, and again, they weren't relying on Devin Askew next year either. They, in nice terms, they couldn't really wait to put him on the bench because it meant that they were going to have somebody else better out there. And they were going to. I don't know who it's going to be. Hickman's one. I know that's better. But Roush, they ain't doing this. This ain't all unfolding the way it unfolds unless Kentucky doesn't have something up their sleeve. And they do. They do, and it's going to be probably sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But with with these time frames and with hourglass emoji. Yeah, with these time frames and stuff, when I say that, you know, I think it'll be the next two weeks. But even then, don't hold me to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stuff could technically go to August. Jamal Murray committed, reclassified. That was super late in the game. This stuff can go on a long time. I don't think we're going to be waiting months. Uh, I think it'll be sooner than that. But 
all this only unfolds. And as I say it, like, again, I could see why people would be frustrated with all this. You're literally getting no return on a player that you gave tons of opportunity to this whole season, this miserable freaking season. And then what does he do? He leaves you high and dry when he thinks his minutes are going to get cut the next year. But nobody cares at Kentucky. They just they, – they're, they're fine because they know they, they're going to be better next year in the backcourt. So that should make you happy. But – I get it. It is kind of frustrating. Again, I don't think anybody was like, oh, we. I really wanted to have Devin ask you. I think it's more of just, well, crap. Like, there's there's going to be some good from this pat, this terrible season, but now there really won't be, which on well, the flip then, side takes me back to the classic TJ quote. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's also, like, towards the end of the year, I know we have one listener who's all about playing for the future, and I it was like, but can you? Can you with any of these guys? Jimmy Dykes even alluded to in that one broadcast that seven or eight guys are going to be coming in this year. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just, it makes me very intrigued by who that could potentially be. I know I'm, I love to be a dot connector. Travis Branham was the one who broke the story, and just two days ago he had the report that. Uh, don't be surprised to see Marcus Carr end up at Kentucky or something along mm-hmm. that lines that he just threw out there. So it that my I just immediately am like, well, it's got to be Marcus Carr from Minnesota, right? He's got to be the guy. If Branham's got both of these reports that close together, it just makes sense. But um, not so fast. Oh, not so fast. Not so fast. Oh, I I, th- I would I would bet. Uh, I, I would, you know, I'd be willing to lose money on it, and I lose money all the time. So this is nothing necessarily new to me. Right, right. That Kentucky will have at least one of Carr or Zagorowski for next season. Ooh, and I don't think Zagorowski. People and I don't think about Zagorowski. And uh, I'm telling you not to. I, I, it could potentially be both. Now that wouldn't people just lose their absolute crap if Kentucky had Grady, Zagorowski, and Carr? Like, I what that would be absolutely nutty like i i, I don't, wouldn't even know where to start to be honest with you well and um, it would as follow the had Baylor more- model of having a ton of transfers i think they had three of their top seven were transfers sure. so okay and and Sign would that be has kentucky had more talented backcourts than that yes but have they had as much college production back there not even not even like the best Kentucky teams in the 2000s had as much production in the backcourt. I mean, you would really, you have to go back to Fitch, Bogans, Hawkins. Yeah. Right. And even, and even then I may <laughs> I mean, take, you know, even then I may take somebody that averaged 17 a game for four years, you know, like uh, I, I, that would be nuts. And, and I don't, I don't think we're lucky enough to get both folks. I just don't think uh, God smiles on Kentucky fans like that. But I I do feel good that they'll we'll get one. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. you know I, I think between Carr, which Branham has been really like keep an eye on Travis Branham, folks. He's been pretty he's been pretty all over this stuff. But I know that there's a quiet confidence around Zegarowski that like hey once that dude enters the portal, unless he has a change of heart then we 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 as Kentucky may be the team to beat for him. So I mean, how funny is it too, Terry, that I remember when this portal stuff started and I forgot who it was we freaked out over last year. Maybe it was Mintz. And I was like, he just entered yesterday. Do we really think it's going to end up being Kentucky? Dudes aren't even entering the portal yet. And we're like, hey, this guy could be it. I mean, it's just remarkable how fast 
this has unfolded, unraveled, if some might consider. But I know that all of the folks who were screaming, this is called, this is going to be free agency, and they were just hating all over it. I mean, they can at least say, I told you so, because, oh, man, it is, it, it is remarkable where we've reached. I'm not mad about it. I'm happy because it's easier for Kentucky to reload after a terrible, terrible season. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is, isn't it just nutty that, like, you know, I'm seeing Torres do it. I saw Travis Graff do it. And I've seen national reporters, a handful more, where it's like if anybody enters the transfer portal, it seems like they'll be like, you know, Calipari knows what he's doing, but I would certainly maybe look at this guy. All these dudes want to come play for Kentucky. They they, they do. And uh, who was it? Was it Emin Brennan who was like, I think 90% of the players that have entered the portal think that they're going to play for Kentucky next season. Roush, <laughs> it, it does give me a little tickle that like Kentucky's coming off one of its worst seasons in program history, and they're still – they they can kind of get whoever they want in the transfer market and you're going to get good players out of the transfer market each and every year if this is the way that it's heading and it's clearly is the way that it's heading so that makes me feel a little bit better is that so many people do want to play for Kentucky this archaic offense oh my gosh they sometimes maybe don't shoot 25 threes in a game I can hardly believe it but people still do want to play for Kentucky that's a good thing and Devin Askew leaving was Weird, a uh, lot to you know, a lot to take in there. But at the end of the day, the backcourt's going to be better. So, how much matter can you really get with the situation? Uh, Justin, as an outsider, we've heard enough UK butt slappers, Roush and myself, talk all about this. What are you thinking with the ask you stuff? What was your takes on it? Um, it was to me, it was expected. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know that I could say it was expected because I could have seen. I think you said he he would have been okay if he came back. I could have seen him coming back, but at the same time. When all that Louisville stuff came out, then I heard the news yesterday. Then I started I started connecting the dots myself, and I'm like, well, did that really happen? Did he really reach out to Louisville or someone in his camp really reach out to Louisville? Which you all said it was true and all that, so I, I had no reason to not believe that. But I, I just found it really interesting that he decided at the end of the day just to take his talents elsewhere. Okay, uh, let's talk yeah. about the let's talk about the Louisville stuff. Yeah, because I, I think uh, does somebody have to pay the piper? Is that is that no? I got Louisville fans are such dorks. It just never ends with that group. <laughs> I swear. Oh man, they really are. Like nothing that happened yesterday proved that that Devin asked you personally reached. That, why is it so hard for them? And they're saying, why is it so hard for you to admit it? So here's as we said when all this broke is somebody in Askew's camp was talking to an assistant at UofL that literally just reached out to everybody they knew. Like, if, you, if, you were a UofL, if you're a UofL media member and you didn't hear from this UofL assistant, and I know who it is, if you didn't hear from this UofL assistant, then you're, you're outside the loop, bud, because uh, they reached out to pretty much everybody. It was a pretty casual conversation from somebody in Askew's camp. I will say this, Travis Graft is right that somebody in Askew's camp was kicking tires as the phrase that he used so frequently. Graft was right about that. And uh, it's just a difference of opinion because those conversations happen all the time. People in people's circles talk to assistant coaches all the time. We mentioned this stuff after it happened, Roush, right? That like it could be portrayed different ways how this conversation went. But the UofL assistant was sure that they were putting out feelers on if UofL would be interested or not. That's fine. If you all want to have that, that's fine. The initial report, which I know this is a technicality, it doesn't matter, 
Devin Askew personally did not reach out, and I don't think it was really fair to ask you the entire time when that message board poster said shortly before he announced he was returning, he was on the phone with assistants, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, he wasn't. He was not. And and, and no offense to Travis, and I like Travis a lot, but for Travis to say that that report was true is also inaccurate. Devin Askew himself was not reaching out to people, and I think that's a, that, that was a little unfair to him. And if he came back to Kentucky, that was going to be brought up and talked about, and it was just going to be kind of a mess. It was somebody in his circle that was just talking to coaches, the extent of which were they asking for a spot on UofL's roster? I don't think so. I think that they're taking some liberties there. The UofL assistant did think that. So that's fine. That's fine. You all fans really get excited about the idea of turning down Devin Askew, uh, debatably one of the worst point guards in the history of Kentucky basketball. They weirdly find that really joyous. And Roush, we talked about it when it all went down. That was a mistake. If they actually, if Askew's person was actually trying to get him a spot on U of L, U of L would be idiotic not to take him. Uh, just because why wouldn't you? You can prove that this player is good. You can show your coaching prowess, all that fun stuff. And then on the flip side, you Devin Askew is not even close to being good enough, but Rocket Watts, who has very similar numbers in a second year, is like a must-get for U of L. He's so that, maybe that, worse. That, that, he's worse. He's he, yeah. he is his numbers are maybe just maybe a nose hair well, better than Askew's, but he's a year older. Yeah, yeah. There's less upside with that because, at least in Askew's case, you can rationalize that he was supposed to be a high school senior last year. And theoretically, you could have four years of Askew left if you wanted it. You know, right. you could be starting just completely fresh with Askew. So it, it's just it's just another dorky thing for U of L. The, the fan the fan base that whines to me because I brought up that it was hilarious that U of L sold tickets in the middle of the night to make sure UK fans didn't gobble them up is coming after me because maybe a player's guardian or somebody in their circle reached out to U of L. Do you all think uh, this could be a situation ask you leaving just because that report came out? And he caught so much heat from Kentucky oh. fans that he was like, ah, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. That, that's such a good question. And I would think it absolutely had to factor in slightly, slightly. Because everything he heard from that, Justin, no offense, and Kentucky fans, you know, don't don't, don't be nasty to a kid just to be nasty to a kid. That's just a, such a horrible thing to do. Now, that being said, it wasn't anything he hadn't already heard throughout the season, Justin. Devin asked you, God. Yeah. He got, I mean, it is sad. Like, I really did feel bad for him. He, he, cause he knew he's not an idiot. He knows how he's playing. He knows how the team's doing. And he just doesn't need to hear it from random fan on Instagram or random fan on Twitter. Uh, and that's a lot. Like, I, I just, I don't think people kind of understand the toll it can take to see so many nasty things written about you as an 18 year old kid. I just, I don't think people quite understand the impact they're having when they're being so nasty personally to the person like you got to call a spade a spade Devin asked you had a really tough season that's just fa- that that's just factual the extent of which he received from some really really nasty bad Kentucky fans was way over the top but Roush it crossed my mind too what Justin brought up like if you so if you were rumored to reach out to your team's biggest rival or if somebody in your circle actually did do it what if things started going bad for Kentucky next year 
And you know that was going to get brought up. Like you, 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 you know that that was going to be a topic of conversation. I don't doubt that it could have played a role. Uh, again, you had those whispers that he was going to leave anyways, blah, blah, blah. And then Travis was spot on that somebody in his circle was kind of reaching out to other programs, just seeing if there was an interest for him. So I don't think it was like the deciding thing by any stretch of the imagination. I pro- ask you probably knew as soon as he got home and his parents started talking to him and whatnot that he was probably transferring. But I, I don't think it helped. <laughs> There's no way it did. No, but I I also think too that like it's pretty silly that um like obviously that that assistant was just leaking whatever he wanted to and people were just carrying water for him. Like that's that's how a lot of these things work, especially with message board people when they're trying to get inside scoop, they'll share everything just to, to cultivate that relationship. So, I mean, was it Luke Murray? Is that are we are we sure that it, or is that who no, I'm not going to say who it was. But it I'm probably not, was. I, I'm not going to say who. You know how much fun I like to have with this stuff. The whole thing is just stupid, anyways. Like it was kind yeah, of yeah, a crappy yeah. thing for the Uval assistant to do. To, yeah. to leak that to every media member that would want to hear it. I mean, it, it just kind of a. But it doesn't matter. Like, and I know Uval fans reach out on Twitter and be like, "Why does it even matter? Why can't you just admit that the whole, the initial report was true? Because it wasn't. It wasn't Devin Askew himself. That's fine. If it's a technicality and you were like, "We know what we meant by that," blah blah blah, then that's cool too. Let me ask you why it matters. Let me let me let me answer a question with a question. Let me flip it back, spin it, and reverse it back on Ooh. you. Why does why does it matter for you if somebody in Devin Askew's circle actually did reach out? And they would yeah, probably and also, they would and they would probably say it doesn't. But you're the one who said the report wasn't true because it was not true. It wasn't true. Devin Askew himself wasn't personally reaching out. That's why I was so like it was such a fantasy land statement from the get go. And it would have been so much easier to say, hey, people in a circle were kind of just. They were wondering what else was out there. That's a hell of a lot more believable than Devin Askew pulling out his phone and calling people. Kids don't even call people anymore. Yeah, and uh, to Justin's to answer Justin's questions, I don't think it played it. Like, I, I'm even curious if he. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he heard that that was said, but I bet it played zero percent role in any of this decision making whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's a, I, I I tend to diminish. It's like the um what we're concerning themselves with the opinions of sheep. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with this. I think it, it's probably more so the toll of the year, the criticism throughout, uh, and then the, the fact that he really didn't get much better. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, that 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 was the part that like it really sucked in February when. I believe he had a little run at the end of January and he thought, okay, maybe ask you, he's starting to play better. And we, we figured out that the formula for Kentucky to win was just for ask you to play just okay. Like if he just wasn't terrible, then Kentucky could win. But then he just reverted and would just dribble out of balance, you know? And it's like, you can't like, you can't just make those boneheaded plays. He never, he never figured it out. And I hope he does elsewhere. And Terry, um, uh, Justin, this is something else we need to write down. Uh, we're not going to uh, get all upset if he starts playing well elsewhere. We're not. We just can't. No, no revisionist history, as TJ would say. Exactly. I, I, I want, I want him to do well. I hope, I hope he does do well elsewhere. One thing you can always say about him, dude, played hard. 
Yes, uh, very it, liter- I mean, literally at times it was the only thing you could say about him. He played hard. His teammates did like him. He seemed to not be an issue in the locker room when he probably had some opportunities to as a emotional teenager. But he, he was good. He, you know, I wanted him back. I did. I wanted not of not for any contribution for next season. I made that pretty clear. But I liked what I could have seen maybe down the road uh, once he kind of got a, his shot figured out a little bit more because he wasn't always a terrible shooter. It didn't seem and to be. But it didn't always like it. No, it was horrible. Bad. He would just no, no, no. I thought, it, I thought it looked terrible. Like I thought his really? release just looked like broken. Like I, I thought. I don't know. He seemed to have rhythm in his like highlight tapes in high school and some of the games I got to see him. He just had no rhythm. Like it was like when he was shooting, it's like it was like this new thing to him. And he was like, I think I'm just gonna copy what other people do, but it just came off really wonky. It looked like a breeze could just take it where he wanted it to go. Uh I don't know. It it was weird to me, his shot. And the thing is, I didn't think he was a terrible, terrible shooter, but we I think historically, wasn't he the worst shooter in the history of Kentucky basketball Ooh, from a field be. goal per I think from a field goal percentage, or at least he was right there, two-point field goal percentage maybe. Uh, I don't know. But weird, weird, wild story. This one will go down in the U.K. lore record books, if, if that's a thing. It'll be up there with, like, Matt Pilgrim's a beast. It'll be up there. We'll always think Devin Askew reached out to L. That will be just a little rumor thing that we'll bring up for a long time. And uh, a wild story, L fans, leave me alone. Well, I, I will say too, just the the rarity of of this happening. Uh, nobody's played more minutes and transferred under John Calipari. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, he played it, it, sixteen it, it more even minutes be... last season than Johnny Jazang. Yeah, I was gonna say it couldn't even be particularly close, right? Like Wiltshire, Wiltshire and Wil- thirteen had a lot of minutes. I guess yeah. that would have to be the closest. Harrow you know, Char- is. Harrow is the the most just ahead of Wiltshire, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Uh, That one makes sense, too. It's just, you know, there's some players that Kentucky just has to rely on, and it's nice to get – and when those players aren't ready, it's nice to get those guys back. Uh, Just seems like more and more you don't. So we'll see what's next with this returning roster. Camera pans to Keon Brooks and Davion Mintz, and did you see the Isaiah Jackson picture last night? That's got Uh people. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was uh, Shubway, him, and was it Ware? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they're just hanging out. They're, I mean, I, look at it this way. Maybe Isaiah Jackson's enjoying his final like week ever being a student. You know, two or, weeks ever being a student. Or, or... They want the most dominant front court in the history of basketball? Yes. I can't do it, Roush. You aren't going to get ah, me excited about an no. Isaiah Jackson, Damian Collins, Oscar Shoeboy front court. Hey, You're just it, not going to do it's, it. It's the season ended yesterday. It's a new year. Let's let's just be. It actually would hopeful. be it would be irresponsible if we didn't talk about every possibility. I mean, it, you're right. It is a new season, technically. Exactly, a brand okay. new season. All right, let's get a few texts in here. We're clearly going to do the daily double break. Five zero two four one four. Or somebody said it was topping. Okay. Yeah, well, same, you uh, know. Uh, potato, tomato. Tomato, potato. <laughs> Texture says, hating Miley is a boomer take. Even had, her, <laughs> even had her singing classic rock hits to fit the audience. Wrecking Ball is an all-timer, too. That was the part that I, I didn't get either, is like, she sang some of the old folk songs better than the originals. It's like, how can you, how can you hate? How can you hate? You just got to, like, look at her and be like, ugh. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Like, <laughs> suck it. What? Suck it all. Justin, you. you really should make that like a rejoin right there. 
I'm on it. <laughs> she smokes Mary. Just the just the she smokes. Because then you know, in a year if we play that, we won't know who the she is, and it'll just be she smokes marijuana. She's a bad bad girl. <laughs> That was good stuff, Roush. Texture says, worked at the subway in the Plainview oh, Shopping hold on. Center. Can I stop you real quick? Yes, yes. This is a cool text. Oh, go that's ahead. That's cool. Okay. All no, right. it's, just a, it's a fun text. Everybody buckle okay. up for it. <laughs> uh, and oddly had a lot of encounters with local quote-unquote celebrities. Mark Krebs and Eric Crawford were some of the nicest people I've ever talked to, especially Eric. would take a bullet for that man. But Pat Forty was the absolute <laughs> worst. He was rude, snobby, and was way too particular about how the sandwiches needed to be made. He's just as bad in person as he is online. Would not take a bullet for him. <laughs> how great is that? This guy that works at Subway is willing to take a bullet for Eric Crawford. And you know the funny thing is, so I, I've I've met all these people. Uh, Krebs and Crawford are great people. And then the other person you mentioned, I think you summed it up pretty, pretty. I also would not take a bullet for Pat Forty. I mean, I've met Forty and he was nicer than I anticipated. Like he seemed pretty normal. Uh, It it wasn't in, like he was at SEC media days. You know, he seemed fine enough. Um, But he also didn't have on his like big J voice either. So maybe that's just part of his like persona that when you're, putting your deli meats on a sandwich it just comes out sometimes he just lashes out even before he hated me and back when he would like roll around with the journalism circles that i'd be around with he just had this like he had this he'd give everybody a fair chance i'll give him that but it'd be like hey you only got so much time for me to like you or like you got to entertain me and you better do a good job of it go damn and then like and then like what and then once you're yelling at him about the dream team not being as good as the 2018 2008 Olympic team, then he cries and runs away. But, you know, tomato potato, as we said earlier. <laughs> that was an argument you all got into. <laughs> oh, yeah. He stormed out of the bar. <laughs> That's such a boomer take. <laughs> no, uh, seriously. Oh, man, he got that offended that you could say that, that another Olympic team is better than the Dream Team. That's hilarious. The, the people I was with, I was like, was he really mad about this? Or was he just like, you know, it's time to go home and go to bed? And they were like, well, it is late, but he's never just walked out of a bar before since we've been with him. <laughs> it's so great. And that's such a, like, LeBron Jordan debate, except, like, just the next level of – not. St- like it has just enough nuance for Pat to like take it seriously and storm out of a bar. Yeah, and you may be saying like, first off, TJ, you're dumb to think that. Blah blah blah. Sure, that's all fine. And you may also say, TJ, this doesn't reflect well on you. Um, I was, I was like twenty. I was like twenty years old. I I wasn't yeah, even legally you didn't able to drink watch the-, the Dream Team. <laughs> I wasn't able to legally drink at the bar, but the most fun thing I could do at that stage in my life is just, you know, argue with people and disagree with people. Uh, he was a grown adult. And uh, anyways, subway, <laughs> so I, I, I've, oh, I've been to the Plainview. I've been to the Plainview subway, by the way. Um, great establishment. So we a... probably crossed paths too. Nice. What are you saying, Rush? I, I just, okay. I didn't know if you were technically a local quote unquote celebrity or not. No, definitely not. No way. Yeah. 
No way. And it and it should it should remain that way. Let's go to our hour break, daily double. We'll come back. More texts into the show. 502-414-1450. I think we've really touched on the 98% of things we had. I know there's some other stuff. We'll get to it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm excited. I didn't know about this till literally like 20 minutes ago. I just saw it on Twitter, but I realized it came out yesterday. Everybody remain calm. Hour two of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big oh, X Sports cool. Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Before you get into the swing of things, pun intended, check out Bobby Cook for some individual one-on-one instruction from Mr. Cook himself. Call him at 812-913-4415 or go to bobbycookgolfacademy.com or call 812-913-4415 and Get set up for some lessons. You can book the lessons online if you're just trying to hit the range or maybe play a virtual course. Just you want to get a feel for the game before you go out there in front of people. That's perfect. That that you can do that. If you go and you book uh, hitting some balls at Bobby Cook Golf Academy, you may have the place to yourself. You could at, at worst, there's going to be somebody that's going to be about 20 feet away from you. They ain't going to be watching your poopy shots. Secondly, being able to hit the range into the simulator. It just gives you a better idea of what you're doing wrong on your shots and where your ball's going and where you're coming in on the ball and all that good stuff. So it really is an advantage instead of just going out, buying a bucket of balls and slapping them around just to just for slapping them around sake. So check out Bobby Cook Golf Academy, 812-913-4415 or go to bobbycookgolfacademy.com. They're right off exit four in Southern Indiana. It's just about 15 minutes from me here in Linden. So if you're closer to downtown, than Linden, then it's an even shorter drive for you. All right, Roush, big news for you, buddy. I'm happy for you. I know how much this meant to you. I was very, very worried that the infield gates would be closed for Kentucky Derby 147. But starting tomorrow at noon, the tickets are here. General admission tickets to Derby and Oaks are here. I'll be back, baby. Oh man, I TJ, I really whoo man. That it was one of those things too. I was actually grilling out when I got the text. And I was I just I I I had to put my phone down to like just like focus on the meat because there was just I, I couldn't process both at the same time. It was too much for me. But once I got settled in and just like told Brooke and she she was just she was like just relax it's it's fine and man oh so good and they aren't even gonna like gouge us either it's the same old prices as normal uh, 120 bucks for two days so I'll be there and man it's gonna whoo I just I, I just pictured myself strolling through that infield and looking around and just kind of breathing in that air drinking up that drink oh cannot be wait to be back oh it's gonna feel so good 
Oh, man, that's a uh, that's big news for you. So capacity's what, 30, 40%? Yeah, yeah, they're going to have it around 30% of normal infield capacity. So I think they'll probably have like 15,000 tickets or so. Okay. That's my, that's my guess. That'd be a fun crowd. Do you yeah. see that? Do you see that the the Rangers had a full stadium? I I just saw like a picture of it uh, scrolling through on the last break. Seems like if, if you know numbers in Texas stay about the same or even continue to improve, then that that would be that, right? Or mm-hmm. like they're they're kind of the guinea pig is. Yeah, yeah. That, as as I, realistically I hope, weird as it is to say that. I really hope that they don't. Uh, like I hope those people are at least doing the things to make sure that an outbreak doesn't happen. Like I hope a lot of those have their shots. Uh, Shot. Because I don't, I don't want them to ruin it for not and, and like it's not really derby. It's more of college football season. Like that's the ultimate goal. That's the pie in the sky is to make sure we're normal uh, by fall and events like the derby. You know, like baseball this year. Like the they. they as you said, they kind of are the guinea pigs and all this. I'm actually uh, getting my second shot today. And like the gymnast, I'm going to do a double backflip and then show off my card as I leave the Walgreens. <laughs> like, what a bizarre. I Did you see that video? No, I didn't. It was That's how, like, a gymnast from Illinois, he did the vault. And then afterwards, he pulled his card out of his, like, his, his, sleeve or what i don't know his tank top it was, it was very bizarre hmm. yeah, yeah i don't you, you should you should you should do that as well well <laughs> another ginormous news is aaron Rodgers is just the most talented human of all time not just quarterback but most talented human he crushed it on jeopardy last night roush did you watch yeah i did and it was he was fine. I, I wouldn't say he's my favorite of the the guest hosts so far. Like I, I still think KJ is is a little no, bit better. He, he was he's the worst. Oh, I, I like I like KJ better than than Rogers. The and it, it I do think there is some like Rogers has a much more uh, deliberate delivery. He's a little bit slower pace, and he doesn't have uh, a little bit more monotone. I think. Like, it's just a very dry, like his sense of humor, it's always kind of been like that. Um, that his delivery is a little more personable than other people. It seems like more of like a normal person talking to you than like, I am the host of this show. Yes, like, I, like I will say that. Like, it, it, you know, maybe it kind of felt a little bit like a celebrity host because it was a celebrity host. But like, I, 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 I really did. Obviously, I'm biased. I love Aaron Rodgers. But I'd say if I didn't think he did a good job, I thought he did do a good job. And honestly, I think Katie Couric's probably second. Forget who the other guy was. Uh, the uh, I, producer. I, yeah, I really was not huge on on Ken Jennings, but there was the viral moment that we talked about and we won't be able to hear it, uh, Roush, but Justin will, and I'm actually going to play it at, on my own while it's going on. But here is the viral moment from Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy last night. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? That is a great question. Should be, should be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose zero. Scott. 
My goodness. I told you all it was going to be somebody took a quip at him or the Packers. I told you. I loved it, too, because that was the perfect... Like that was the perfect bar, you know. Like you're, you're the perfect barb. You're not going to win, so you might as well. Like that's that was a good, good jab, good on that guy, even though he did lose. I I, I agree. It was a perfect jab. I thought Rogers' response was perfect because Rogers just like don't know, don't know who did it. I'm I'm one. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm wondering the answer to the question well, myself. He's the and, man. And the guy wasn't like. I mean, let's be honest, Jeopardy folks. They they're really good at looking like nerds up there not knowing their sports so shout out to having a guy who actually knows football on the show to to be able to to throw that barb at him and I, I, so, sometimes i feel like aaron Rodgers can kind of come off a little bit as like a bro and there's nothing wrong with that but he can come off a little bit as a bro i thought it was hilarious that the guy who won just seemed like a handsome bro himself <laughs> like it was just he like was a, bro. And he went to cal too right yeah it was just like <laughs> it was just like bros just like talking smart stuff uh, it was aaron Rodgers, and that got dominated too he he, he did a good job uh, as well i don't know how that girl didn't put down a, an answer for final jeopardy like how do you right. not put down a, a daytime tv personality i mean just put just pick one yeah. anybody yeah. And uh, and how about that? It being oh, Mr. Rogers being the answer. Can I also say that the uh, uh, that is pretty good. Uh, the the daily double on Hemingway is the easiest question in the history of Jeopardy. Like I I, don't, I, I, don't, I didn't I didn't do too hot in the Hemingway category. Was that the oh, old man at the sea? Yeah, it's the literally the only thing I can name that Ernest Hemingway did. And yeah, they made that the hardest. They made that the daily double. Like, come I mean, on, that's just what I would blindly guess at any of those questions. Well, daily double is not always supposed to be the toughest. True, but I think you should make it more difficult. Not, not, not no, always the most difficult, but you like do a softball, and then if you risk it, then that's awesome. You know, that's part of the that's part of the fun, isn't baby. That, isn't daily doubles just all random? They are random. Yeah, yeah. So I think Roush is just saying though it shouldn't be just like an easy one, but I'm saying the whole point is sometimes it should be because that's you know it's uh it's the mystery and that's talking Jeopardy. Oh man, it we'll be doing a Jeopardy. daily Aaron Rodgers recap. Uh, you know, anywhere from about 15 to 30 minutes a day. It'll be longer than the show. Oh, speaking of Jeopardy, uh, I think North Carolina is in double Jeopardy right now because they're oh doing gosh. it again. They're keeping it in the family with a coach who's. Spent more time on college game day than he has coaching a basketball team. Hubert Davis is Roy Williams' pan-picked replacement to lead the North Carolina Tar Heels. Roush, I need you. You're you're pretty good at PR. I need you to put a butt slapper spin on this. I am a five-star recruit. I'm not from North Carolina. Let's just say I'm from like, uh, just I'm from Ohio. Why would I even consider UNC? Why would I trust Hubert Davis with my basketball career? Well, see, you remember that last guy we had in here? He said all shucks quite a bit, and people loved him for it. Well, is there more of an all shucks name in America than Hubert? I don't think so. He's going to be all shucks in you all the way to the Final Four, baby. That was like Mike McClintock bad from Veep. Ooh, uh, and you know what? <laughs> Man, that's a great reference. Even though I've only watched like the first <laughs> season of that, that is a great reference. The, um, the wife and I are rewatching probably for the third time. It, Veep is. I, I need to. I need to just watch it because I'm sure. Oh like, my, I know it, it's. I know it's great. And it's pretty like it, the humor is really kind of. It's not as like maybe slap silly as The Office, but kind of just like the 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 long withstanding jokes. 
-hmm. like inside jokes, if you will, kind of that, like they repeat themselves. That's always hilarious. And then sometimes it's just more of a dry humor. Veep slept on is one of the funniest comedies of all time. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. Is McClintock the, the guy who plays, uh, he's the the press press secretary. He's the press. No, no, no. He's that, the press that, secretary. That guy is very funny, though. I like that guy who always just like the way he says POTUS. It just like, oh, man, it like it like makes your skin crawl. He's just so annoying. Do you uh, do you mean Mike McClintock or do you mean Gary? Gary's yeah. played by Tony Hale. Uh, He's, no, he I, is. I, I, I he don't is think Julia Lewis-Dreyfus's like bag bag man. Ah, no, yeah, I'm not thinking of Tony Hill. I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the bald guy that was in the league. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 He, that guy he, was that guy was funny. I like I enjoyed him. Yeah, um, he is uh he, he he is Matt Matt Walsh. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh but nevertheless, back to uh back to Hubert Davis. Like seriously, this is oh, man, like you like it's it's pretty sad that I mean, we're we're basically going back to the 80s where the coach just gets to pick who he wants to be his replacement. He gets to retire at a bad time and then just handpick somebody who's not really qualified for the job. Now, I know that I'm saying this as somebody who probably thought that Kenny Payne, like, but even with Kenny Payne, we weren't we were saying that he needed to kind of go somewhere and do something else and then come back if we, if that was going to happen. I just don't. I don't understand why. I mean, when was the last time you even had uh, an assistant just step into the a head coaching role at a prominent program? I don't know. It's had to have happened uh, probably more recently than we're giving it credit for. But but, but like people are going directly oh, back to Dean Smith te- and then Texas, to Barrage te- or whatever. Texas Tech last night. <laughs> Oh, when there were literally no other options. But, that's, yeah, I mean, all, that's that's also crazy. And again, I, I really uh, I'm sick of giving these folks the time of day, so I'm going to stop. But like the folks that wanted to hire Calipari, UNC hired Hubert Davis, and IU hired Mike Woodson. Like, <laughs> what do you think? What, what do you think's out there? Kentucky better job in, than both those places, in my very biased opinion. But like, you know, it's not like a guarantee that you'd just be able to go get anybody you wanted uh and if you're alabama you're just like iu texas unc all opened up and we ha- still have nate oats like sweet this is unbelievable so mm-hmm. uh hilariously bad hire but the good news is i've actually been off lately on my hiring prediction so probably oh. good news for unc i've gotten my last like last three wrong so i'm i'm ice cold so, oh, all right. Are you going to get this one wrong, or are you going to get Indiana wrong? Justin, got a comment? Um, I think uh, – I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm still – Mike Woodson, I'll tell you this, is doing all the right things. And that news about Dane Fife yesterday, TJ, oh, said it, man. T, TJ said it best on Twitter. I was losing my poop. I mean, that's <laughs> that was, the, that was one of the guys – that was one of the guys I told you – that I wanted as a head coach and he's going to come in as an assistant, basically as a coach and waiting. Okay. Deal. You hired, instead of hiring one head coach, you hired three with Mike yeah. Woodson, Dane Fife and yeah. Thad Mata. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know. You is just like so sick of being bad at basketball. They're like, we're just going to get as many good basketball minds as we can. And Love God, it. it's got to work at some point. 
I love it. So you got the Dane Fife news, and then minutes later you get Christian Lander coming back. So now really all you're waiting on is Armand Franklin, and this team, this team could be something. But I'm probably not ready to hang a banner basketball, yet, but. but that's okay. Um, <laughs> hang a banner. What, did Christian Watford hit another shot? That's right. We went to another Sweet 16. Zing. Uh, <laughs> Sweet 16 sound nice for all of us at this point, I suppose. Sure. But, yeah. uh, but I, I have been off of my hires with uh, lately, but also I was going to add that I mostly just think they're usually bad. And places like UNC and IU should not – coaches should be able to have success there regardless of their level of – uh, of how great of a hire I think it is. Like as programs, IU should be above a coach. UNC should be above a coach. IU has proven that to maybe not be true, which has been shocking to me. UNC, they've had a bad coach has kind of ruined their program. Same with that Kentucky. If you hire a really, really bad one, but I've got this belief that you can just be kind of an average coach. You get you catch fire with the recruiting class, and boom, you could be ready well, to rock and roll. And even when they did have, was it Brad Doherty or Matt Doherty? I get the. I get them mixed up because they both played at UNC. One of them was a good player. Other one was a very bad coach. But at least he brought in that class that ended up winning a title for Roy. So he at least was doing something right. Brad was the good player. Okay. And Matt was the the Silver Fox who, man, I, he was coaching some direction of school because he was at a couple AAU tournaments I played. And I was like, oh, so that's where that guy ended up. It was like. Uh, I, I know it wasn't Texas Southern because that was where Mike Davis ended up, but he ended up somewhere really, really bad. Let's go to our last commercial. We'll come back and we'll just do text for the rest of the show because we have a, we have a ton to get to. We've only gotten a few of them, so we'll do that. Before we go, I want to remind you, Salsaritas has two locations in Louisville, both equally as delicious, which is better than any other restaurant in town. They've got queso. They've got hot, spicy salsa and wildly addictive chips. They come as a side item for your meal. So if you're getting your quesadilla, your burrito, your taco, whatever it may be, you can get the chips and salsa, chips and queso on the side. It is too good. Middletown location has a drive through makes it even easier. St. Matthew's location has just been renovated, so it's a great spot to go catch a quick lunch and, and feel comfortable indoors. Plenty of spacing, you're spread out, and the blue power rate on Fountain, which is amazing. That's Salsaritas. Middletown or St. Matthew's, do not forget to download the app before you go because it's going to save you some money. Check out either location. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I am king of forwards. It's how I like to do business. Everybody joking around. We're like friends. I am Chandler and Joey and uh, Pam is Rachel and Dwight is Kramer. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Roll X Sports Call. Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We appreciate you tuning in to KRC here on the Big X. We're going to get into text messages. 
Cats and Cards play baseball tonight. I am fully expecting it not to go Kentucky's way, as much as I hate saying that, but it'll be a real hootenanny if Kentucky can get the win. And U of L's been worse in midweek games than Kentucky has this season. Kentucky has been okay. They've been fine I, I, when I think they're going to struggle as much in SEC play as I thought, although they got the Auburn sweep. Then I thought you couldn't really afford to lose, but maybe one or two midweek games. But uh, they've been fine. U of L's been worse. They have some real head scratching losses during the midweek. So maybe Kentucky can sneak up and get them tonight. Stranger things have happened. But uh, yeah, I think people know how I feel about this baseball team in this season. But they play tonight at six, Roush. Yep. ACC Network, so national TV. Um, I'll probably put it on as background noise while I'm hanging out with the uh, whole Duke boy later. So, okay. Um, go back, Cats. Go and- back, Cats. Let's go, go to the text line, shall we? We absolutely should. All the right. Texter says, after watching this tournament, I think there's a valid argument for the high prospects to go to college for one year versus the G League. Yes, the players are making 500K in the G League, but with all the publicity they re- receive in college, they'd end up making more than 500K when it's all said and done. Because my, the thing, too, Terry, the Jalen Suggs is going to be in like a Gatorade commercial hitting that shot. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I know that's, he's kind of the upper 1%, but like that's, he he's he exceeds those astronomical kind of figures, but like that's just exhibit A. And once this nil stuff ends up getting passed, he'll be able to profit from it immediately. Yeah, I, I, I it goes both ways. Some people make could make probably good financial decisions by doing the G League route. And by the way, not everybody there is making half a million. It was only like two players there that were doing that mm-hmm. uh, straight out of high school for what it's worth. But for some people, financially, it'd be, it'd be dumb to pass up on the NCAA tournament. For others, maybe it'd work out where it would. So it could go both ways with some of that stuff. I, I just think you'd have to be... You know, I know financial situations are different for a lot of people, but to miss out on playing in an NCAA tournament, I, I I couldn't, if I was gifted enough to play basketball, Roush, I just think that'd be the coolest thing in the world, and especially to be good enough or to believe that you're good enough to have an impact where you could have a Johnny Jazang-like tournament where you're literally just carrying the team on your back throughout a run. Kimba won a championship doing it. I just couldn't imagine passing that up, but you know what? If you're in a financial situation where you need the cash, then then the G League could be the better option for you. But the texter's right. Long-term, sometimes your March memories or what you do in college will be a hell of a lot more marketable, and you'll be making a lot more money because of that call you made. Than, than going the G League route for the quicker cash. But it's uh, different strokes for different folks. What do you all think about Malik Cunningham? Do you all think he has tools to make UofL somewhat relevant next season? It kind of reminds me of Terry Wilson, where it's like you've seen plenty to like about him, but the writing's on the wall where he's not going to be able to do enough to to win big. Yeah, yeah. It's like the he's fine, but he's not going to be the difference maker you probably need. Um, now at least Satterfield does a good job of putting him in position to succeed and I think he'll be just fine enough, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't think he has the tools around him. Like we saw what we could do with Hawkins and Fitzpatrick and Tutu Atwell. Like I, I, what, how can he do more with less, you know? That's not, uh, maybe run him more and that's. Yeah, he'll hit hurt. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's durability problems. That, and that's another thing that, that is absolutely true about him. 
A texter says, after, uh, sounds like with the Askew transferring, there are more legitimacy to Marcus Carr rumors. TJ has been the lead on Carr to UK. Good work, TJ. Well, it was more just like wishful thinking. He was a guy that was like, <laughs> played on a bad team, Power 5 conference, probably wants a, a better run if he decides to play. But I have always thought it'd be kind of the perfect fit for what Kentucky needs. But if Kentucky gets one of him or Zigorowski and Mintz comes back, then let's roll. That. Hickman, the depth in the backcourt, if there's an injury, you could get in some trouble. Maybe some foul trouble, you could get in some trouble. But the talent, that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's really good. I think that's better than maybe even, you know, 12 in terms of Lamb and Teague. So, and you didn't have too much depth coming off the bench there either. So, uh, I, I, I'm a uh, big fan of where things are heading, I think. I legitimately don't know which player is better. I, I can't speak on the matter. I think I've watched... Zigorowski play maybe a half of basketball all year and that was during this NCAA tournament so I'm not going to act like I have uh some uh you know the best analysis on either of their games but I can say Zigorowski would be a lot of fun to say after a three and also Zigorowski three what let me be the first to say Cal is giving him the keys to the car with two R's, get it? Point guard, yeah. man, okay. that's going to be great. That's going to be a great tweet. Well, we really didn't get a lot of mileage out of the Boston three party this year. No, uh, no, unfortunately, he was uh, high volume uh, though. He, it wasn't for lack of attempts. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of fun with the. I guess we could say, do you think Cal asked you to leave? But. <laughs> Woo! You're on fire. That was awesome. That's a low, low just, hanging, low hanging fruit. The show there. there not a, there's no. We can't get better than that. Certainly not original. A texter says this Davis hire is interesting. Imagine Cal retiring after last season and Payne taking over would basically be the same thing. <sighs> not really though, because Payne's been in coaching his entire. Like after playing, he's been in coaching his entire career. Hubert Davis has been in coaching for. Like six seven, years, yeah, seven years, something in that ballpark. Uh, so it's not, it's not for a while. It's not basically the same thing, but I, I don't, you know, I get what you're saying, and you're not terribly far off on that. Also, Kenny Payne's considered one of the best recruiters in college basketball. Hubert Davis didn't have that well, same. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like at least with Jeff Capel at Duke, he was the bag dropper. Um, yeah, he, he cheated his buns off, but he was at least known for being a good recruiter. Hubert Davis always seemed like a confused third party just sitting on the bench. <laughs> he always has a puzzled look on his face. And like, you never heard North Carolina fans speaking glowingly about him. So I just, I don't, that that's the part that, uh, it, like, I, I don't even think you, they you just, are overly you, you excited forgot, about it. You just forgot about him, to be honest, and that's just not a good thing. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he was the guy like, oh, remember when he was on college game day? And I'm sure UNC fans didn't forget about him, but just like an outsider's perspective, it was like every time you'd see him, yeah, that's really, you were like, oh, that was the guy on game day. What was, and you kind of forgot his name and you'd eventually figure it out because Hubert Davis was great on game day and maybe he'll be a great coach. Say, again, UNC should always be able to recruit. You've got Jordan, you've got the, the legacy. You should always be able to recruit, but in terms of X's, like, did Roy ever get thrown out of a game? Was he the coach that oh, they bring? Uh, he definitely did. Remember when he threw his jacket that one time? That was hilarious. Roy, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It was, well, it did, was did Hubert great take, stills. Did Hubert take over then? Uh, I think I think he did. I think he was the one that took over. Uh, but okay. Hubert, though, strikes me as a low-T kind of guy, too. 
Um, it could be. Could be. Yeah, not not yeah. sure. This Davis uh, hire is interesting. Okay. Uh, in a roundabout way, if Davis is successful, it would make it easier for UK to hire Payne without head coaching experience. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, I do think it, it was – so uh, you mentioned the, the Jordan factor. I'm glad you did because uh, Tate Frazier tried to say that UCLA and uh, Kansas are great jobs because of the Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, factor, which is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, that sounds like something that would be on FS1. I mean – do kids even know that Wilt Chamberlain went to Kansas? No, 100% no. I, no, I, it's I, the dumbest thing I've ever you, heard you, in my you, life. You, you could go to the an AAU tournament, interview the top players, and you could ask where he went to college, and I bet more people would guess Kentucky than – like, I guarantee like, – no way. That That is that is wild. It is the dumbest – it's it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, And he was trying to, like, compare all of the top jobs and had Kansas ahead of Kentucky. Lawrence, Kansas, you have to – like, you can only fly privately there. It's very difficult to get to. I'll say that Kansas is a good job just because Bill Self will cheat and get away with it and because they don't care there. That's why it's a good job. You can cheat as much as you want and nobody cares. You uh, Kansas is a great job. UNC is a great job. Kentucky is a great job. Duke will be a great job, I think, although I don't know if that's a guarantee, but it should be a great job. The only reason you the only rational reason you wouldn't rank Kentucky number one is if you use the fans against the job yeah because it, i mean there is craziness that goes on i, I mean mm -hmm. look at you point to this season a hall of fame coach had his first just disaster season in his decade longer than a decade career and you did have like a little bit of noise of people wanting him gone that is idiotic it is idiotic so if you're any other rationale besides that i don't want to hear it well i will hear it but i probably won't agree with it yeah, um, you won't listen. You'll just hear it. It'll go in one ear and out the other because it's a ludicrous stick. Ludicrous. Which, by the way, thoughts and prayers to DMX. Oh, X yes. going to give it to you. Ah. Open up the door. X going to deliver to you. Mm -hmm. Stop. Drop, please. Open up shop. No more California kids. That is all. <laughs> oh man those those comments from it was almost exactly one. It was one year and one week ago that. He told Jack uh, mm -hmm. after Johnny Jazang uh, transferred that he's not going to be like the other California kids because I'm different. Those yeah. did not age well at all. No, no. It, uh, it feel like Jack was taking some heat for it. Hey, Jack didn't say the quote, y'all. Jeez. <laughs> and who cares? Just not, don't, don't, nobody should get heat for it. You know, they thought they thought it was going to they thought it was going to be different. They thought they were different. They weren't. And that's all right. Stuff happens. I don't know if I read this one, but the texter just agreed that the UNC hire was underwhelming and doesn't strike any fear. And that's great because in this crazy dog-eat-dog -dog college basketball world, if we feel like UNC is not going to be a huge, huge threat, that's good news. Now, of course, again, Hubert could work out. This could all be nothing. But, yeah, fine by me. You go from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. That's great. Uh, texter says, Graf saying the UofL stuff with Askew is true no matter how many times TJ tried to deny it, LOL. We uh, talked about that in hour one, but it just, again, the report at its surface was not true. Now, again, a little bit of a technicality. Was somebody kicking can tires and doing that stuff? Uh, yeah, but that stuff happens a lot more frequently than people think. You just don't have loser assistants go out and spill the beans to every media member that has a phone. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll leave it at that. With SU transferring, do you think – 
take a transfer point guard for next year and go after Tati Washington to add as a future piece. I, I do think that they're just much more comfortable going with an older guy and a known quantity than they would be with getting a guy like Tati Washington. I'm still holding out like a little hope that maybe Jaden Hardy will come to Kentucky. Did you see the Sky Clark tweet too? Like I yeah, was wide um, open or something like that. Like yeah, I don't, I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't care. I don't think that that means that. Um, I don't think that that means he's like going to reclassify though. No, but I took could. more. I, I honestly, and I, I don't think anything of it to be honest with you. But my first instinct was like, oh, it's like I took it as a negative because you know, ask you transfers, and he's like, oh, and now I'm starting to see what's going on. Um, a lot of people took it as positive. I'm just not taking it as anything. I don't care. I don't think he's reclassifying. Everybody, everybody is saying that he's not. Now, could it be this big surprise? I don't even know if I want him to reclassify. Like, again, I like his game. I like that he's physical. I learn more about him. You know, it's all good stuff. I, 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 I'd rather have a grad transfer. I would. And then you get Sky the following year. That's fine with me, too. So, I, yeah. I'm, not making, I'm not putting anything into that tweet at all, and that's that. Okay. No need to get out the bone saw. Fine by me. Ask you is out. So does that mean Carr is in? Would you consider it a net positive if that ha- if that were to happen? It would yes. be yes. yeah. Well, and as somebody would say, um, not me personally, but as some might say, well, it can't get any worse than what you had last year. But I'm not the one saying that. Let me be clear. I mean, it really just was atrocious point guard play and it was a big reason why Kentucky stunk and yeah. you needed that to improve it will Kyle Tucker is still leading the hype train for Mintz and Brooks return add car to a roster like that and I guarantee Kyle will say I like my team yeah Kyle is um doesn't mean you know Kyle's not always right he doesn't bat a thousand he was a firm believer that Cal was going to be knee deep in the Texas job he actually did think that that was a possibility that's fine you know it's just his opinion I don't he didn't have inside info that that was going to happen but uh, I don't know if he's got inside info with the Mintz and Brooks thing, but the Texer's right, Roush. He has been the one saying, like, Mintz back. Keep an eye on Mintz coming back. Don't forget Mintz may come back. He's been the one leading that. I haven't seen as much on Brooks, but maybe I haven't looked as much. I would be very happy if that happened, though. We'll be very happy if that happened. Almost as happy as Hoosier Dingus uh, once Dane Fife got hired. This Texer says, Dane Fife, suck it, Hoosier Dingus. That's right. Yep. They know what's coming. I can't oh. express to you how dumb Hoosier Ding has sounded when explaining skydiving. No, you don't get to pull the chute when doing a tandem dive. The pro would never give that power to a first-time dingus. Plus, you would never in a million years be able to hear the pro tell you to pull it when you're free-falling from 10,000 feet in the air. You can't even hear yourself scream. Listening to him probably made me a little more mad than it should have, but I have no aggress- regrets. Suck it, Justin. I love this text. I I think uh, the texter's right, and I think you're a liar. The texter is not right, first of all. I want you all to know I was slouching in my chair, and I just sat straight up because now I'm heated. Yes, you do get to pull the thing. You have to go through an hour of training before you can even go up and skydive. What what do you do your training for? To look at your watch, see your altitude, so you know when to pull your chute. Yes, they do give you that power to pull that. And no... No, you can't hear your instructor, but you don't have to. That's why you go through training to know when to pull your watch or to look at your watch and know when to pull it. You absolutely get to pull it. This person's clearly never skydived. Skydove. Whatever. Now I'm pissed. (laughs) Skydiving. 
Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Sky Divin. Hey, here's what I think. I, I think I can clear this up because I, I, I've, I've actually learned a little bit about this. I think what happened here, Justin, was you know how like on a big cruise ship they'll have that fake wheel and like you are the captain, you know, like you're there and you're doing the wheel and oh, you're the big man on the ship. I think they gave you a little fake lever to pull to make you feel like you were like James Bond. Okay, well, that's all fine and dandy. Then explain to me how my sister jumped out a minute after me and landed a minute and a half before me because we pulled our free levers well because the people pulled them no it's okay if he it, that doesn't make any sense if if the people pulled him we she would have landed a minute after me but her yeah, dumb but ass couldn't look her dumb ass couldn't oh. look at her watch on time and didn't pull her shoot on time but i think maybe That's the guy it. i think the guy was just like yeah we don't have to do it we'll just do it later you know we're fine no. No, that texter's way wrong. Go skydiving one time, then text back in and tell me what I did wrong. Texter says, just when I thought Cal would focus on shooting, it turns out we're starting. Shoot way Collins, Kessler, Isaiah Jackson next year. Regardless, it should be fun. <laughs> Yet there's a report that Kentucky is still in the mix for Walker Kessler, the UNC transfer. I think he'll go to Gonzaga. I don't know that for sure. It just seems like they get mentioned the most with them. Um but the front court should be good. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't anticipate Kessler or Jackson being there. But if you could have Shubway, Collins, Brooks, Lance Ware, Hopkins, that ain't too shabby. Wow. We have a long text from Hoosier Dingus in absolutely zero periods. So here we I'll, go. I'll Deep breath. You. You know, I'll just get to it real quick. First okay. off, I, I was to say I think I may have been completely wrong about the Woodson hire. First off, the retention of Kenya Hunter and then Trace Jackson Davis returns, which there was zero chance of, and I think it was dead set on not returning well until Coach talked to him and his family. Uh, then today, bringing in Dane Fife, which is something else I thought was a little chance of simply because I figured he was groomed to take over for Izzo at Michigan State, which I think he is a very solid get for IU and coaching staff. When we get Lander and Geronimo back upside, especially being this kind of offense, Woodson's going to run the pro-style ball anyways. Justin, what would you rate Woodson's first week on the job? I would give him at least an A. I mean, literally he's done everything right so far. I know that's a long way from putting wins on the board, but I can't help but just be a little excited with how this unfolds, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you guys rock. I listen to you every morning while while I'm working. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, Keith, that's your long text for the month. Whew. Yeah. Read no more long texts. Just or, or throw in some periods. It'd be easier to read. Yeah. I mean, when regarding Woodson, though, no question. A on the first week on the job. He the guy has literally done nothing wrong yet. So we'll see if that translates to wins, like the texter said. But so far, so good. Texter says, Timmy getting that deep tissue butt massage. I like to give my lady on a Friday night before we both fall asleep because we have kids and neither one of us can bring the energy anymore. Whoa. <laughs> Suck it, Zags. Playing a real conference with somebody. Please get Timmy a razor. Sky Clark tweets and deletes, eyes wide open. Anything to worry about? I don't think so. Texter says, ask you is out, so does that mean car is in? Would you oh. consider that a net positive? No, Starting looking like... Text. Yeah, starting to looking like the MLB moving its all-star game. After reading about the voting law, the most of the changes created more expansive voting opportunities and tried to limit parties from influencing voters while in line to vote. This is bad. Private companies should do what they want in regards to who they do business with, but we can't ha even have America's pastime without politics poisoning it. This can't be the way forward together. And the, the beauty of it is they're going to... Uh, Denver, Colorado, which is significantly not as diverse as Atlanta and has stricter vo voting laws. So just dumb. Oh, oh, no. See, here's where you're wrong, TJ. We need for leagues to just 
pull out of all-star games whenever there's anything even remotely like i I just think it's a hilarious move i was gonna have something much but like i I think it's so funny that like they're like nope we're moving the all-star game we're making it happen i don't even know what's in the georgia voting law saying but i love that if you don't like the voting policy yeah we're just we're just gonna we're gonna take our show elsewhere and now texas is like we're never doing anything with major league baseball again like it's just it's so funny uh it just it, it amuses me and you can you you can not like some things about the georgia voting law calling it voter suppression is just a lie i mean it's just a lie like it's, mean, not, vo- it's not it's not stopping anybody from voting it's yeah not- I, I think the big like wasn't the big i just said i didn't know much about it but wasn't the big part about it they're restricting mail and stuff no, they're having more mail-in ballots. It's just uh-huh. they're they're actually having uniform like rules of the dates of when it is, and they're actually giving more time to do it. But it's it's one of the big things that people are harping on is like now you can't. Well, I don't even know if it's a now you can't thing, but you can't give like water and food within 150 feet of the pole. So that's like Which, the most egregious thing in the world. Well, but I mean, that's. That's why you can't serve beer anymore. Politicians used to just buy people by having making a big party and you know. Yeah. I mean voting a lot. So like it, if you're if you're worried about water while you're in line, bring some water while you're in line. Yeah. And also I've never waited in line to vote. I mean, maybe yeah, just we're, well, places. That's yeah, um, that's your privilege speaking. No, but it, some places, some no, there's places in Louisville that get really bad, and then there's some places in Louisville you can literally walk in, and that's that's like that in the rest of the country too. Some places are nightmarish, and then other places are good. But uh, we don't, we will have to save maybe this for a Patreon. We don't have enough time for it. But speaking of quickly waiting in lines, it took me like ten seconds to schedule my my vaccine appointment at a Walgreens. You can just do them at pharmacies now. You don't have to like go to a yeah um you know big the, kind of side or anything like that like it's pretty pretty easy the one i did at bellarmine was so cool you literally just parked and like there was like 20 nurses just standing there just like all right who wants a shot and, I and just then you're like i'll and, take uh i'll take a fireball zing <laughs> this is something i've been wondering what characteristics make up a good coach and how do you weight those attributes for example as a hall of fame coach that has the following abilities characteristics how would you weight each attribute and the same thing over again recruiting players and coaches two in-game coaching three roster construction how pieces fit four psychology how well do you handle ups and downs of a season five film breakdown and scheme uh number one is psychology and i won't hear literally anything else because you everything else besides that could be you could be amazing at but if you just don't know how to work with people then and you know you know be a confident leader then it doesn't matter. Everything else could fall apart after that. So that's number one uh, is the psychology. That's easy for me. Yeah. I, I think psychology and kind of in game coaching go hand in hand because if, if you have the team on your side, then you'll be able to push their buttons to where whenever adversity happens there, there's no flinching whatsoever. I think that's, court. I think that's true. Psychology also though, I think like bleeds into off the court, as well you know just Mm -hmm. even in summers and stuff like that uh and then i think i'd have recruiting number two i'd go because if you you know if if you know how to handle people and you know how to keep things together then if you're getting the best of the best of the people then you're all right you're you're off to a hot start (laughs) you've got the best of the best and you know how to handle them um you could even be a bad in-game coach and still probably do pretty well with that right yeah and i'll add to that roster construction was fifth and now that's becoming much more important 
that's just the way the game is. It's much more year to year uh, now than it ever was before. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. A texter says that's a good question, Mook. I wish we had more time to talk about it. Twenty twenty one Baylor versus twenty eighteen Villanova. Who wins? I'm still just probably taking eighteen Villanova because they were just like a more athletic Gonzaga. Yeah, and I like their big better. Um, and now his name's escaping me, but he was much steadier than Baylor's, who they were kind of just generic. Really athletic, hate Baylor's front. Great. Yeah, yeah. Really despise them. They played horror. Like, yeah, you're good at getting rebounds, but maybe just turn around and make a layup after you get the rebound. A texter says, I'm all here for the Gonzaga Tears. They were good enough to win it all, but they didn't deserve an undefeated title. Didn't play a ranked team from December 26th until the Sweet 16. Join a real conference. Until then, enjoy a big old suck it. Suck it. Texter says, KRC Tourney Contest winner here. Feel free to reach out for my info. Can't wait to hear what I won. Go Cats. Roush will be – reach out. DM Roush. He'll get you in touch. Uh, He'll take care of all that. I want to see where I finish in this bracket tournament. So I'm going to pull up the standings because I think you owe some people $1. You can send a Venmo request for your $1, but I need proof that you won. And then literally I'm only doing one per person. So if somebody steals your name, then you're tough tomatoes, buddy. A texter says Gonzaga really needs to find a way to get a basketball only deal at the Pac-12 if they fi- if they want to finally win one. Having your second toughest competition from December on this year be loyal to Marymount just does it not help you late in the year. But the thing is, they were in the national championship game, and yeah, they got a pretty easy road to get there, but they were still in the national championship game. You can't say that you're not going to be able to win it when you're literally right there having a chance to win it. They will if they keep getting opportunities to do that. Told you all last week's Baylor's guards would have their way with Gonzaga. They ain't built from the same cloth. Gonzaga is soft and not battle-tested. Well, you were right, Texer. Tip of the cap to you, buddy. Hopefully, financially, you capitalized on it as well. Oh, I know. I certainly did. That was awesome. And Timmy can suck it. After his first layup, he did the signature few man shoe celebration and then proceeded to get his teeth kicked in the rest of the game. Dude finally <laughs> played some dudes. Hey, let me also tell you this, though. He was already getting his teeth kicked in when he already had did that as well. They were down, what, like 11 to 2 or something at that point? It was already pretty ugly. But I like him. I'm, I'm a fan of his. Uh, yeah, under 21 points was free money for Timmy. Um Turns out the only bet I didn't win was the one you told me, uh, TJ. What, care to comment? What, what was it? Nine and a half? Nine and a half over for Nimhard. He missed both those free throws. I didn't think I, – I was like, all right, if those free throws end up being what cost him. And then he also missed a layup shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I didn't I didn't realize he didn't score any yeah. in, like, complete garbage time. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, that was, that was so close. But, man, shout out to Jared Butler for hitting a bunch of threes. That was pretty awesome. Um it was plus 140 over two and a half, and I think he had two in the first 10 minutes and ended up with four, so woohoo! Texter says, suck it, Drew Timmy, suck it, suck it. Down 20, imposing. What a loser. Uh, I, I you know, I don't care about the posing. People get so triggered about that. You're having fun. What's our realistic <laughs> chance we land Carr now? Between him or Zagorowski, I think it's I think it's likely they get one. Again, could be wrong. I'm wrong often, but mm-hmm. I, would, I would bet a, a decent amount of money on it. Oh, okay. But, but I'm a gambler. You know, I'm a gambler. I'm a rambler. Yeah, you know when to hold them. Mm-hmm. Certainly know when to fold them. Let's celebrate a team that won 31 straight games and lost in the title in their 32nd game. Never mind the poop conference they play in, the unprecedented pandemic issues. By the way, 2015 UK had also won 31 straight to end the freaking regular season. Zags, very good team, but they don't make it the Final Four in a year like 2015. Yeah, so 2015 is the better team than Gonzaga. I still think that Gonzaga team could maybe squeak one or two out. 
Um, but I, I was shocked with how they handled physicality. I was shocked how they handled a little bit of athleticism, and I was wrong about all those things. So uh, I'm definitely taking 2015, and I'm walking back that horrible take from last week. Now, also, what Kentucky did in 2015, more impressive, too. I know Gonzaga got a game further, but to do to go undefeated in an SEC physical conference versus, well, we saw what Gonzaga did when they played a physical team for the first time in a while. Wasn't pretty. If I was UNC, I would have waited and offered Mark Few after they lost last night. Yeah, maybe feel like, hey, you know, you're not going to be able to get over the hump here, but I know a place you can get over the hump. Few wouldn't have taken the job anyways. He'll be all right. No, no, he was not going to take that job. Post-game reporters are so brutal. Can you tell me what it's like to lose the final game of your season after winning all the other ones? Well, Jim, it effing stinks. <laughs> oh. I it, the thing is though, is like you have to ask questions kind of like that where you like you, you just need them to talk about the feelings of it, but yeah, it's um sometimes do it doesn't you, elicit the greatest response. Do you feel good right now? No, yes. No. <laughs> TJ, this team was full of no return on investments. Keon is most likely next. That that will stink. Yeah, I mean, that's just – I don't think that's a good thing. Now, on the flip side, I always say, like, when you're returning bad people, what makes you think that it's going to be that much better? The issue was Kentucky's bringing in a lot of really good people. So that, that would be the difference there. But if Keon leaves, that will stink. If Mintz leaves, that will stink. If you don't get anything – uh, that won't be ideal. You'll have Dante Allen and Lance Ware, I suppose, and Jacob Hoppin' Toppin. Texter says, don't you talk bad about Cliff Hawkins. You didn't, Terry, but you almost did. He overcame <laughs> He overcame asthma as soon as Saul graduated, and he was a dog on the court. He overcame asthma. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, shout out to me for finishing 37th out of 75. So just uh, not in the top 50% of all brackets in our contest. Uh, Keith finished better than you, Terry. Frank was 16th in uh, Braden, number one. You did it, Braden. You absolutely did it. And I can't even see how well you finished, Terry, because you were so low. Yeah, well, when you had Alabama and Purdue and Illinois, that will that will do the trick to a bad bracket. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Absolutely. Well, Texas, Trevor was 54th, so uh, suck it, Trevor. That's impressive. It seems yeah. like we've had some misses on talent evaluation or fit on the cat side lately. Do you all find that concerning, or will this transfer movement answer that? It should answer it, but the issue was it probably should have answered it last year as well. So it should, but if it doesn't, then that, that will be a concern for Calipari. There's no doubt about that, and we'll talk about that if that comes. But I, I'm thinking everybody's going to like the makeup of the roster for next year. I'm pretty confident about that. And if I'm wrong, it'll be more crow for me. I would also like it to issue a suck it to UK Pez. Uh, the only people that finished worse than UK Pez were two people that did not even submit a bracket. So suck it. Uh, I don't think anybody cared about the bracket updates. No, I really – come on. Just tell UK Pez a second. Well, I did horrible too, so I obviously don't like it. You did better than UK Pez, though. Yeah, oh, suck at UK Pez. <laughs> Texter says, summer radio begins tomorrow, boys. Buckle up. I don't think so with this transfer thing. I mean, I think we're always going to have some stuff to talk about. Plus, the Batcats and the cards. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, LOL, did Roush just call Miley a bad, bad girl? He did. Maybe yeah, I did. That, Maybe that I did. absolutely happened, and uh, hopefully we'll be hearing more of that. How can <laughs> – how, how can – 
anyone actually want to do the infield after the age of like 20? If it rains, you're boned. And after they stop letting people bring coolers, it's not like you even get a luxury of bringing your own drinks. After age 24, if you're not on the front side, then you're not doing derby right. IMO. Well, is it the age of 20 or 24? Sounds like you don't know how to do derby, bud. Can't have a good time in the infield? Not, not cool enough for you? Suck it, buddy. I've done, I've done, I've done them all. Uh, well, I have not done them all, but I've done infield. I've done inside. I will say, you know, the infield, it's yeah, much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, grow it. That's for sure. I tell that to my parents. Texter says, John here. Good, happy Tuesday morning to all. Well, we asked Devin, but I feel even more happy. I feel like even more help is on the way, or someone will stay. Let's all say Jackson is coming back, baby. Well, I'm heading. Uh, out to fish so y'all have a great day talk to you later wow great morning to fish nice and crisp enjoy that those outdoors yeah the great outdoors mm-hmm. do, you says, do you all remember oh yeah. go ahead good no you you go you got this do you all remember hubert davis saying on espn he thought kentucky was looking at a 10-year rebuilding process when they hired calipari you wonder how long he thinks it'll take him to rebuild <laughs> north carolina i don't oh! Send in a link for that. I'd love to see that again. I mean, it sounds faintly remember, but I I, 10-year rebuilding process in college basketball. What is this, IU? Sheesh. (laughs) will be interesting to see how the college basketball media discusses few over the next few weeks. Wonder if the players got tight because he's too hard on them. Maybe losing by 20 saves the storyline. You know, again, with any coach that hasn't won a title before, Roush can't win the big one. Oh, yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it, especially at Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference. And so don't, thousand... forget, don't forget Ronald McDonald at UofL. He can't win the big one either. That's true. Um, the few thousand dollars Bill Self has spent at Hooters on Reporters of the Years has been the best investment ever. <laughs> Seriously, getting the media in your pocket now more than ever. I mean, mm-hmm. Dan Ravel was in the – he was tied into the Papa John's thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's hilarious. Daryl, Daryl, Darren, Daryl. Whatever his name Man, is. What a Darren. Uh, regarding the upcoming Masters, I read this article many years ago, uh, and he said he could place the ball wherever he wanted on all 18 greens to give the golfer strokes as if he got to all 18 holes in regulation. So all you need is a putter, and he bet the average golfer could not break 100. Bill Self? I don't, I'm very confused, but yeah, you did. We, I guess either we're missing a text or you didn't uh, include on who he is. Yes. Cause yeah, we need that. Yeah. Who's your um, dingus is triggered. Good God, TJ. Did you have to change your pants after talking about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> no. Uh, texter says eight fifty, and these boys haven't even made it to text during the game. Hello, Patreon. <laughs> you forgot uh, one. Yeah, I know. I Anyone know. else picturing Justin falling 10,000 feet trapped to a giant iguana? <laughs> Turns out Justin never really sky dove at all. It was just a bad trip. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Could see that being the case. All right, we're out of text. We're out of time. I think all this is uh, ending at a at a good time. Don't forget Aaron Rodgers tonight, 730. Uh, just super oh, talented guy. Take off your tight pants, pal. He is the absolute man. All right, everybody have a good day. Thanks for the text into the show. We'll be back on Wednesday. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, and who's your Justin Miles.